All right, so we're here. Uh, we promised you we were going to talk about all Tom Shattuck's secret food hacks today. And um, we have already mentioned the cheese on the bottom of the taco, which I'm going to put that on your uh, tombstone. Oh, yeah. That's... He taught me to put cheese in the bottom of the hard shell taco because yeah. that's like one of your important contributions to my life. Good. I would say. Um, another important contribution to my life that you've made that it's really just genius. Like sometimes I wonder if you turned your genius for solutions to problems towards like, you know, solving the energy crisis or world peace or something like what could be accomplished because i don't know if anyone else other people must have thought of this like i i don't know somebody might but when when you make chocolate milk at home and you have the syrup in the squeeze bottle you never get all the syrup out of the chocolate milk thing and what tom taught me to do that's so genius and brilliant is you put milk into the squeeze bottle and shake it up and then squeeze it out into your milk. And you do that as many times until the milk's coming out clean. And then you know that you've really got all the chocolate out of the chocolate squeeze Yeah, bottle. there's a nice synergy involved there. And that was developed during that period, like I said, where I was uh, delivering papers early morning at Parkview Apartments. Mm -hmm. That uh, noise in the background is uh, the roofers doing our roof. Because currently Thanks, it rained. Thank you, guys. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah, that is... Um, that is um, that is important. That's a terrible feeling, and I wish I had something equivalent. I actually do it as well with with my um, food processor, my little one that we uh, use for hot peppers. Mm -hmm. I'll and because there's no real way to get my paws in there, and it's it's very there's always like hot peppers left. I'll throw some uh, olive oil or avocado oil in there and shake it up, and it all usually all I can pour it uh. out. But I hate lossage like that. It's 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 always always bothered me very much the other one of course is and i'm sure I'm not, I'm not the only one to have done this but you know keeping the spaghetti jar next to the boiling water so that it heats up the spaghetti sauce spaghetti mm. sauce i'm sorry and uh, that goes with Velveeta as well you got to put that near so it's getting gets warm mm. um the packets of Velveeta, which is gorgeous stuff which i, I don't had. like that oh why i like powder mac and cheese and they're like, two different animals they're both good it, but come on now I don't love those. They're too gooey. I like a creamy Ugh. mac and cheese. I like my mac and cheese to be creamy and like be very milk based yeah. kind of. I, and you like it to be like greasy lava mac and cheese, which I'm just not that big a fan oh, of. I don't want lovely. my mac and cheese to like harden. Well, the only purpose, so th th that is a good point because the your window for that mac and cheese, the gre the creamy one is very short very short and mac and cheese is one of the those creamy things or the gooey mine okay yeah but i consider that gooey creamy yeah. i consider more milk and butter based which is like i like mine like buttery creamy you know how he used to do what howie car what he would take pet ketchup packets from wherever he could find them mm -hmm. and squeeze them into a ketchup bottle then don't you, well okay. Well, why no. not just write into where you need them, but just to save them for later? You mean? It just felt right to him. It, he was <laughs> he was cutting it's corners. Disturbing. It's disturbing. You're a big sauce packet saver too. Oh yeah. Which I 
I'm okay with for some things, but with the egg mayo-y based sauces, like you save mm. mayo packets and that frightens me. Well, it frightens me a little bit too because if you notice, <laughs> I've had the ones from Whole Foods before and I've held right. onto them. And sometimes if you, you squeeze them out and they're clear. It's clear, yeah. It's just oil. And it's like, okay. This is not, <laughs> I don't like this that. Is no that, that frightens me. But yeah, any like ranch, honey mustard usually has egg in it because they usually mix in mayo. My sister taught me that actually when she worked at a golf club and made the honey mustard sauce. The, the pros add mayo to the honey mustard. Uh, I guess it makes sense to add some body. It's there. not just honey and mustard to like, you know, up the. It is interesting, though. Factor. You know, adding mustard to recipes is a very is a winner too. Add a, a little bit of mustard to coleslaw, a little bit of mustard to, and I got this from uh, Dana Dijon mustard to beef bourguignon. Hmm. You can add mustard to a lot of things. Just a tiny bit, even to tuna salad, and and not even enough to detect, but it is it is a winner. Okay. What else do we have for hacks? Are we out of hacks? Is that it? Well, another hack that you have is you're big on during the same period when you were hack perfecting, when you had a paper route. Mm -hmm. And I forget if you said that on the show or just on on, to me in real life. But um, you also got into making yourself pancakes. Yeah. You told me. And, And that's something that you do that I've never seen anyone do. It's. And it's effective is rather than adding like your chocolate chips to the pancake batter and then pouring it out, you start the pancake and then throw the chocolate chips at it. Right. So they're embedded, but not on the bottom where they're getting burned. Right. That's the whole. And that's the that's it. That was trial and error, certainly from 1980 and four. Mm-hmm. Um, I like a nice undercooked pancake. Yeah, I understand. I, I know you do, it. and I respect it. And I lovingly do that for you. You know, I know. I that sometimes you do. flip that's it and then gosh. immediately take it off there. Oh yeah, I, I respect that. I re- Let's all agree here that oftentimes batter is superior than the baked product or the. Oh yeah. Product. Oh yeah. yeah. And yeah, and I get it with with um with um. By, by the way, it reminds me like, if you could do that. If you can fry a pancake, you can certainly fry cookies, right? If you had cookie dough and you put it in a frying pan with some butter on there, it would be doing the same thing, right? Why don't we do that? It's because of the in bulk. By the way, why don't we make a giant pancake that's really a giant cookie? We're halfway there. I don't know. I mean, baking baking does heat things differently than frying does. Oh, and I guess it's not instant. So if you're dealing with eggs, I guess you want that cooked. But by the way, you know it's um, iced coffee day. Dunkin' iced coffee day today. Wow. Wonder if I. I guess you, I don't know what you get for it being Dunkin' iced coffee day. I think they like but, donate something when you buy. But yeah, it so coffee. the key yeah. is with those pancakes, and it's instant stuff that I use. The key is to. And back then, I didn't know any better. I was doing it in vegetable oil. But the key is... Although, to... pancakes and oil is also good. Different beast, mm. but they come out sort of fluffy and um, and tasty when you do them in oil. I was so surprised. One time I didn't have butter and I made my pancakes with oil. And they got, like, puffy and airy. And I was like, oh, that's the difference. Yes, yes, there is a difference. <laughs> it's interesting. It, it, it definitely... It, they're not bad cooked no, in oil. No, no and there's, a, there's, like, the ends get almost deep fried. Like right. French fries. Crispy on the nice. outside. Yes. yes. Um, so the so the only thing that took me practice was throwing the the chips and, because you miss a lot of times. So I got mm-hmm. I, I eventually got good yeah. At I that. have bad aim. I'm not great at it, but it does work really nicely. I do like that technique. Yeah, 
That was a time in my life, Alice, where my, my life was waking up at four in the morning, getting my papers, um, doing my paper route, coming back, watching Top Cat. You know Top Cat? <laughs> I've seen, I've heard and, of it. Uh, eating my pancakes. I had to retire, though, because I was too, by the time school came around, I was just wiped out for, for school. Good huh. paper route to have, though, because you're collecting cash and all the units are next to each other. If you're, uh-huh. oh, then again, I don't even think there is delivery anymore. I mean, I'm oh. sure it exists, but I don't know what the jobs are like in the paper delivery business. But yeah, but this brings us to another important thing, which is if you have jobs where you eat at weird hours, you get very comfortable with the concept of like eating things at times when they're not supposed to be eaten. Yes. And, um, you know, I've always been into that. Like, I mean, I'm not tied to a particular time of day for certain mm-hmm. foods, uh, but Especially, I spent some time uh, during the pandemic working overnights at Home Depot. And that was awesome because I would get home at like 7 in the morning and make myself like crazy foods. My favorite, favorite thing to eat when I got home at 7 a.m. exhausted and like, you know, dawn cracking because in the wintertime and stuff and was to make myself a tuna melt. Hmm. In the morning, huh? But that to you was uh, the evening because you were working overnights. Yeah. So it was like my dinner, but also sort of weirdly my breakfast too. And yeah. Like I, but I love tuna and I love melted cheese, obviously. So, but our kids were eating ice cream for breakfast the other day. And yeah. this got us started on the discussion of what makes good breakfast foods that aren't really breakfast foods. But yeah, I, I love a tuna melt in the morning. Like can't go wrong. I mean... Anytime you have toasty bread and cheese, that makes a great tuna breakfast is, food. Tuna is lovely. And, and like I'm, tuna always is great. So no, yeah, I would, I would make myself you, the tuna I would implore salad. you, mm-hmm. as a friend of yours, yes. I would implore you to think about employing pimentos. Think about employing pimentos. I like pimentos. I, there's a pimento dip that I make. I have not done it in tuna. Tuna melt. What, what normally... Oh, on the, just the melt itself? Yeah, yeah. You put them right in there with the tuna. It's, it, changes, it changes the, the game. But it's gorgeous. It's lovely. When I, so I like to order also, I mean, I like a tuna melt, but I also have always enjoyed ordering a tuna sub and I get it with lettuce, tomato, pickle, and onion. Yeah. I can't go with you on the pickles. I love the pickles. I do relish in my tuna salad, which I love, 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 love. I have to say when I was at the Shelly's Tea House the other day Mm. and in their finger sandwiches, they had a tuna. They had corn in their tuna salad, yeah. which was slightly shocking to me. I've seen like nuts and dried berries and stuff, like how people do chicken salad. I've seen people tr- attempt that in tuna salad. Obviously, I've seen celery in tuna salad too. It's funny there. you mention that because it, back when I worked at White Hen Pantry in the in the late eighties, um, all of our salads—chicken salad, tuna salad, ham salad—all had pickles in it. And it, 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 what, it was good for them because it made me not eat. <laughs> but oh, you weren't just scooping it no, out of the case with no, your hand. No, but part of our daily job was to the the all the salads would turn brown on top, and our job was to turn it over so the white would be up. Girl. It was. I was just thinking that at White Hen, um, we had one kid who worked overnights with me who would um, who would cook hot dogs on the coffee burners. He'd fry them. <laughs> Maniac. He was let go. But um, oh, you know what? One of my favorite restaurant things is that would be great to have at home is like a heavy duty sandwich press. 
Yeah. Like one of the big mm-hmm. ones with the heavy thing that swivels. Yeah, I, oh, I know. Oh, and you spray it with spray oil and then you can put anything I'm on there. With You're making things. like crunch wraps and yummy yeah. sandwiches. You can like make anything. Well, let's check there. this out. At the Omni mm-hmm. Park House, we had one of those and there was a full salad bar. So you had all this stuff to make whatever you wanted. Mm-hmm. And gorgeous. Yeah. A sandwich press is a beautiful. You don't need one. I mean, you can do stuff with a frying pan, but there is a special. Place. I mean, Anson, also did? just having a huge pizza oven right there, all heated up, ready to go all the time is like mm. that's a free for all. And at least it was when I worked at one because you can put like anything in there. You're like baking yourself trays of nachos and everything cooks in like two minutes because it's like 500 plus degrees in that oven. So, yeah, pizza took six minutes. The wings, which were pre-made but were refrigerated, took like nine. That was the longest thing. But like a lot of stuff took like two, three minutes in there. But for non-breakfast breakfast foods, I, I like I'm not eating it now because I wake up on eighty. But gorgeous cold pasta, cold pizza. I mean, all this stuff has a place. And by the way, you talk about the ice cream cones that the kids had the other day. The, the, there's no difference between having an ice cream cone and having a pancake with syrup. Oh, everything's all just yeah, sugar. It's, yeah. It's all I mean, there's a reason so many breakfast foods like coffee cakes and stuff, mm-hmm. it's just dessert. Yeah, but and, for well, breakfast, and, and that like, brings us that's a good segue because that brings us to the cereal that we bought today. Right. Which were honeycombs that we bought today. Mm-hmm. And I got another container, actually, a box of of um pancake mix. Right. And immediately in the store I noticed that the honeycomb box is smaller. But fatter, and the pancake mix is just simply smaller. So we remember a couple of years ago, we sh- we saw shrinkflation. Mm-hmm. Um, people tell stores had to just make everything smaller because of inflation. But there's part of it that I didn't know about. Listen to this. That makes total sense now. Now that I think about it, is it wasn't just shrinkflation, but there was a move to make us feel like we were winning. We're all familiar with shrinking sizes in the grocery store, but a new report claims some products are getting smaller. At the same time, they appear to be giving you more. Every trip to the grocery store brings new surprises, from higher beef prices to smaller sizes of packaged goods. It's now called shrinkflation. But this is new, according to Ed Dworsky of ConsumerWorld.org. ConsumerWorld says manufacturers are slapping new names on cereal boxes to make them appear to give you more, like family size and giant size. It cites Post's Honey Bunches of Oats. It used to offer a family size of 23 ounces. Now the family size has shrunk to 18 ounces, but they added a new giant size at 23 ounces. He says Kellogg's Corn Flakes had a family size for 24 ounces, but that's now shrunk to 18 ounces as well, but they added a giant size of 24 ounces. Neither company is commenting publicly. (laughs) This is like, to me too, is I feel like, you know how sometimes there's people that complain that like restaurant portion sizes are too large yes i just feel like that's i literally don't understand that i think that's like the most insane thing like just don't lie to me about stuff you know what i'm saying like that's what's annoying about the shrinkflation thing like i would rather the thing just get more expensive and i understand why they don't do it and i understand why like restaurants will shrink portions and stuff but 
there are all these people out there who are like, oh, the restaurant gives me way too much food. I have to eat a third of it. Like Those people are not friends of ours. <laughs> no, but d- have you heard people say stuff like that? Like yes, complain? of course, of course. You know, but like, why do you want to be like lied to and handheld like you're an infant and can't figure out how to feed yourself an appropriate amount mm. of food? Just eat the amount that you want to eat and then like take the rest home and save it for later i don't understand i believe me alice i used to yeah i know i know i used to like don't lie to me i'm not done it's like the people who like want to refer the lock put on their refrigerator to keep themselves out or something it's like i want the company to lie to me or when they make like mcdonald's happy meal fries smaller to make the meal quote healthier like you know everybody had the option to just feed their kid fewer french fries if they wanted to from the start like, don't well, right. give me less food and tell me you made the meal healthier don't because you me, took something away. Like, Don't just, give me the opportunity to supersize it. I cannot be trusted with those kind of options. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, I, I, and I feel like this comes from a similar place where they're like, oh, like, we still have family size, but now we have giant size. But it's, like, actually the same. Like, they just hope people don't notice. And I, like, respect so much more when restaurants or companies, like, just tell you the truth, right? Mm -hmm. So there was this post that I saw, and it made me, like, want to go to this business, even though they're in Braintree, and I don't want to go to Braintree because it's far away. But um, this Foley's ice cream shop in Braintree had this post the other day, To our valued customers, many of you have been asking about our price increases this season. When you ask, either I or my employees respond with our stock answer. Our prices have increased. I'd like to share a few details in this regard. From April 2020 to May 2023, the cost of our ice cream has increased 65%. Uh, Hot fudge went up 32%. Jimmy's 38%. The cost of our pint packaging has increased 57%. I work hard to find the best products at the lowest cost. Buy locally. In bulk, I balance quality with cost. Our pure chocolate sprinkles, the good jimmies, are worth the price, in my opinion, as their quality sets us apart from our competitors. When the Rebecca's cookies became cost prohibitive to use for cookie sandwiches and sundaes, I started baking my own cookies and brownies from scratch at a lower price point. I hear your concerns and understand them. I wish the increases weren't as steep as they have been. I don't have the ability or the space to buy pallets of product as a small business in every sense of the word. You know, so I yeah. everybody's dealing with the cost increases and I respect so much more when businesses are just honest and are like, yeah, the price is going up because the price is going up because my prices are going up and everything costs more. Like, yeah, don't lie to me and give me something smaller and pretend like everything's the same. No, but I mean, it, it, everything is smaller. That is absolutely true, mm-hmm. and everything is more expensive. And even we we were at Delio's the other day, you and I. Yep. Delio's used to be dirt cheap pizza. It's now like it's more expensive now. It's 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 a good place, and it's still inexpensive compared to other places. But th- this inflation has made dining out a a, a luxury um, endeavor where it didn't used to be. And uh, speaking of that, like eating ice cream from an ice cream stand at oh, a farm. Yeah. Like we got two pints the other day and it came to seventeen fifty. It's like gold. Like yeah. two pints, it would have been cheaper to get two martinis somewhere. But so, but but you know you know you know those are always more expensive. It is delicious though. There is something about some of this. Like oh, was, ice cream stand ice cream. It's like we were at Carter's in um, Bradford. Mm-hmm. It is just a, just a such a such a such a total winner. But yeah, businesses are hurting. You know, obviously I'm doing a Connecticut. Um, 
stuff in all these pizza places. Dough, the flour for dough, pizza dough. Um, it was like um, something. All of it went up like almost a hundred percent. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy the price increases that the businesses are seeing, and they like have to pass it on because they are so low margin. And then if you go to a restaurant where there's food service also it's going to be even more because the labor costs have gone up hugely for restaurants and and dining so it's i mean they're stuck in the middle it's really a really tough time for the whole food industry and everything um there is a um article in food and wine magazine Mm -hmm. saying how long is it okay to stay at the table after you've paid it's been a pleasure being a waiter now please leave my restaurant when one works in food service, there is no shortage of things that might be aggravating, from the minor disrespect of customers refusing to use eye contact to the more bothersome act of being snapped at by customers with either fingers or words. There are plenty of ways servers can be annoyed, but there is one situation that gets deep underneath the fingernails of practically every restaurant server. Embedded there like ground beef when you hand mix a meatloaf, customers who stay way past closing time. So I want to talk about this, not just closing time, Closing time is one thing. Closing time is super rude. Yeah, you got to yes. leave. You're an a-hole if you don't leave. But like, how long do you linger at the table is another thing. So, I think it depends how much you spent and how generous you were. Too. Well, but also if you're lingering drinking, then there should be no problem. Unless the place, of course, is packed and they're trying to move covers and there's right. reservations. But... If you're lingering, but almost no, at least in in my, and we don't tend to go out at like date night kind of times either. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is part of why. But when we're out at restaurants, we're very, very rarely in recent years is it ever like packed and people are waiting for tables. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't even know the last time. Yeah, we haven't had to make a reservation. We don't. We we went on a date night. I think at Grill Twenty Three in six years ago. <laughs> Was that six years ago? Uh, I was pregnant with Cyril, so... Oh, really? Oh, so it's that recent? Well, that's that's six years. Oh, He's five. So, wow. <laughs> so, yes, six years ago. Um, but, yeah, like... The, the, so at times a day like that, I can understand that they be... But I think the restaurant industry, that it's not as busy as it once was either. Yeah. And yeah. they're almost never... They're almost never not seating people because of lack of space. It's much, much more common that they're not seating people because of a lack of staff to wait the tables. Right. In which case, if you're done, then you're not really bothering anybody if you sit at the table. If there's empty tables all around Right, you. but you can't be sitting not not consuming. You can't just have a, a post-meal meeting there. I don't know. I would think that the oh, yeah, thing is true. you got to be ordering cocktails or something. Something. Yeah, or coffee, coffee. Yeah. Right. But and certainly if you're drinking, if you're having beers or something, then then they got to like that because now you're mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's what I mean, too. Like, I think it depends how big your tab was, too, kind of. Like, if you came and you split an entree and ordered waters and then you sit at the table for another two hours, then I think that's like, I mean... Maybe that's very transactional. But, you know, when we're going out to eat and we have all these kids and we're ordering appetizers and the adults are usually ordering drinks and like, I mean, if we go out with like you and me and a couple other adult family members, we're always over $200 usually pre-tip. And it's like if you're spending that kind of money, 
like it's kind of like don't hassle me to go a little bit well, is my yeah. feeling. In this, like bringing the check early without asking about dessert, et cetera, et cetera, is no bueno. But generally we go to family places that are cool. Um, right. But I'm sure that, that bothers As servers, I'm sure they were bothered too because you know what we, what we do? We went with Cyril, who's in the room right now, to the Casablanca restaurant, which is in uh, Haverhill. Casablanca, it's, I guess it's a, it's a Mexican restaurant. But, yes. Um, and we went there with him, and we're trying to teach him to say please and thank you when he orders. So so, so he'll say, I want the French fries. And we say, what do you say? You say, please, please. And so what we're doing now is going over the um, – we're going over the, um, the, the menu when he orders something. We're doing it in a way that he's got to say please or thank you. And that is it just got to be somewhat annoying for them because they want to do their own thing. And right. They don't really care if our kid says please. They're just trying yes. to take so the order. So they're waiting there so they can be in on the exercise where they don't really want to be at all. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of those things that's like a, kind of a pain. But then again, then again, I mean, we we do make it fairly easy for a uh, server. We, or we try to. By the way, the Casablanca restaurant, thoughts? Um, I thought it was really great, actually. I thought it was good. Very unique, tasty salsa. The chips were great. If you saw on the All You Can Eat Pod Twitter, uh, our chip query, you can go answer Mm -hmm. our chip question. That was at the Casablanca restaurant. I gotta put that. The chips and salsa were delicious. I could feel myself eating too much chips and salsa Mm -hmm. in advance of my meal, and I still couldn't stop myself actually from doing it. I was like, I knew that I was doing it. The nachos were amazing. Yeah, really had... good-looking nachos. And then, but I made kind of an ordering blunder because, and I think part of it is being pregnant and like things sounding really good to me because I'm pregnant and it sounded intriguing. Because usually with Mexican food, I'm pretty like vanilla on the Mexican food, not literally vanilla, mm-hmm. but I usually will order like regular enchiladas or like a beef burrito, you know, something pretty like standard there but they had a street tacos section and it sounded really really tasty to me so i ordered these and they were good and they were what i ordered i just think i would have been i wanted your big beef burrito with sour cream and stuff in it more than i wanted mine and i i ended up just eating the insides of my street tacos but um I ordered, I, and it was just an ordering error because it just sounded really great to me on the menu. But it it was fine. It was, well, it, but it was creative. It was like pork, and then this like kind of shredded cabbage and pineapple, and uh, mm. this, and it was it was tasty, but it wasn't really like it didn't hit like Mexican comfort food kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it, it looked great. The restaurant is it was beautiful. really good though. It's it's the I love the way the restaurant looks. The staff is great. It's very bright. These uh, big plate glass windows that look right on to mm-hmm. whatever street that is in Haverhill, it, and um, it, it, so it's a it's a happy place to be in. It just is. I had one of those things that's got a beer, a Modelo with Clamato a Clamato instead. It's delicious, it's mm-hmm. delicious. Um, and um, and I did get the huge burrito, the street burrito, which was like a looked like a sandbag sawed in, sawed in half. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. Beautiful. I only had one bite of that because I was whacking out the nachos. The which, nachos were which ridiculous. are not compliant for my my weight loss program. So, but but nachos don't keep or reheat well. So I I just yeah you have to eat nachos. I, and um, plus you guys weren't eating too many of them. In cereal, mm-hmm. our son. I would be so mad when I worked in a restaurant. People would order nachos for takeout. 
It's not, what is wrong with you? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, that makes me nervous to think about And that. actually, I said it to my boss, and he said that past restaurants that he's worked in, they haven't let people because they get returned all the time. Of because, course. Because they turn out gross in a takeout box. Yes, they do. You can't do takeout nachos. It would upset me. Like, No, you have to eat the nachos the second they come out of the oven. Right. And then, so, so I brought the burritos home for the kids and of course they pecked a little bit but then left them too close to the edge and the dog got it Don't. but it, Casablanca it was a great uh, I, I love that kind of place it stand, does the job friendly great restaurant cool can't bar. wait till I can order margaritas again yeah yeah what is that place the other place we went to in Amesbury where they Grande the, Mexico yeah that's where they, they stick the beer uh, in the margarita yes or the uh, Prosecco in the margarita yeah also a good one I mean Mexican food is just just I like that. I like small bottles of booze sticking out of my margarita. Yeah. And there's like, there's (laughs) for Mexican restaurants, there is this, Mm -hmm. like, it was always the same way with, um, with the Border Cafe. There's this, like, there's a party atmosphere. Oh, yeah. It's happy in there. Yes, it's happy. And almost bad behavior is encouraged almost. (laughs) I don't think that you, I, I don't think they endorse that sentiment. Uh, um, there was one more story that I wanted to get to before we're done. And, um, you know, this relates back a little to the chocolate milk, but we just got sidetracked before we got to this part. But, um, you know, you obviously like chocolate milk. I like chocolate milk. Mm -hmm. Our five-year-old who was with us at the Casablanca is a chocolate milk connoisseur. He critiques the chocolate milk from various restaurants that they serve. And, um... And actually, uh, it's chocolate milk is in the news right now because they're talking about banning it for school lunches. Because it has this is the federal government talking right, about the banning federal it, government. Crazy! The there's federal already gets- like some states, like I think New York doesn't allow chocolate milk in school lunches anymore. But because- can you imagine some bureaucrats in D.C. are going to decide that Duluth Junior High can't serve chocolate milk? Yeah, it's completely insane, and. You know, I think probably the better way to lower the sugar content of your chocolate milk would be to serve full fat chocolate milk, which right now they only serve low fat chocolate milk, which Mm -hmm. has more sugar than full fat chocolate milk. So they should do that. But dairy is like really important for growing kids, in my opinion. And, you know, I think they should be eating and drinking it. And the small amount of sugar that's in a chocolate milk, particularly, like I say, like a full fat chocolate milk is, you know, not I, it depends how you're making the chocolate milk obviously but you know if if you're getting a good quality chocolate milk it's like not as bad as juice because juice is just like most of the juices that you buy at the store for your kids are just like flavored sugar water yeah which is like ridiculous and it's ridiculous too so michelle obama came out with this food company why were they serving low-fat milk as kids in school I don't know. It's always been like that. And even like when we had kids, I don't know what the recommendation is right now since it's been a while, but the idea was you would go to full fat milk when they were one, you would switch off of formula uh, or breastfeeding or whatever, and you would switch to um, whole milk. And then at like two, you would switch to low fat milk, which I was like, why would you ever serve your kid low fat milk? Like it's so, it's so weird to me. But anyway, so um, so yeah, so they only serve like the low fat milk at school. I'm pretty sure even for the chocolate milk and stuff. Um, but you can, I think you can buy whole milk, chocolate milk at the store. Isn't, you can, Tru- yeah, isn't we Trumo get, 
Yeah, full we, fat. there's a couple of brands at the Market Basket near us that has yeah, it. Yeah, so, I mean, we do, I like to do that if we buy chocolate milk, and that saves time with the mixing and whatever anyway. But also, Michelle Obama has this company that's supposedly coming out with, like, in a minute, uh, healthier kids' um, snacks and drinks. And, like, her first product is a juice product that, like, already wouldn't be allowed under her, like, <laughs> dietary rules for school lunches. Oh, well. Worth a it's try. It's basically, like, I mean, it, they're fine, but they have, like, they're essentially, like, a Capri Sun Roaring Waters or right. whatever, like, a slightly watered-down juice with artificial sugar in it so that it's, like, it it's you know not as sugary but it's the same as like any of those packet juice things and like i just i don't understand what the point was the market wasn't missing watered down juice boxes no. there I, were plenty of them like if you i'm it's all on for brand. it's on brand though maybe it's worth <laughs> a try yeah. so yeah mm-hmm.